have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey, you've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. Are you curious about what it means to be monogamish? Do you and your partner want to explore opening up your relationship but aren't sure where to start? If you're intrigued about taking those first steps into the not-so-gray area between open and monogamous relationships, you're going to enjoy today's podcast with Dr. Jess, Toronto-based sexologist, best-selling author, award-winning public speaker, and television personality. Dr. Jess is going to share the best ways to help take you and your partner to the next level and how to navigate the waters together once you get there. We're going to talk about how to handle jealousy, the most effective communication strategies, creating ground rules, and how to keep things running smoothly. Before we kick off our chat today with Dr. Jess about being monogamish, I just want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you're going to get access to a massive international network and dating platform of over 3 million members worldwide. So we have a very sexy show for you today here on Seek, Discover, Create. Joining me, Lexi Silver, is my special guest, Dr. Jess, Toronto-based sexologist, best-selling author, award-winning public speaker, and television personality. You might recognize her as the host of Playboy TV's hit reality series, Swing, or her weekly appearances on Global TV's The Morning Show. Dr. Jess has been working as a sexuality counselor since 2001, and her doctoral research focused on sexual health and relationship education. She now travels all over the world as an award-winning speaker and has worked with thousands of couples to transform their relationships with her wildly successful marriages of business programs. You should definitely check that out. She's the author of three best-selling titles, including The New Sex Bible, which I absolutely love, and you've probably seen her contributions in Cosmo, Women's Health, Men's Fitness, Showtime, and The Movie Network. She's also the global ambassador for several brands, including one of my personal faves, WeVibe. Welcome, Dr. Jess. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy. Finally, we get to do this. (laughs) It's been a while, a long time coming. (laughs) Yes, yes. You and I have met everywhere except on the podcast. Yeah, well, first time for everything. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, we're going to talk about a lot of firsts today also, but uh, yeah, this is is definitely a very good first for me. (laughs) (laughs) So we're going to be covering something that I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast are very interested in, and we, a lot of us have grown up like myself thinking that monogamy is really uh, the standard and it is according to like media and a lot of things that you know we we read and the models of relationships around us but we know that it doesn't work for everyone different strokes for different folks right so we and the, the term monogamish um, and terms like open relationships, consensual non-monogamy, they, uh, I, I know a lot of people hear these terms being thrown around, but what do they all mean? Like, what is the difference between them? Like, is there really a difference between them? Well, it's interesting. When you look at terms like monogamy to begin with, you might assume that there is a universal definition upon which everybody agrees, but the data suggests otherwise. One person's expectations around monogamy 
are different than another's. And that might be cultural and it might just be individual. So, for example, in certain cultures, dancing sensually might have nothing to do with sex. And in another culture, that type of sensual dancing might be considered some sort of a relationship transgression. And so that's, on, I think, on a larger scale, on an individual scale our expectations of monogamy vary wildly. So I might have a friend and I might sit on their lap and play flirtatiously and and mean nothing particularly sexual by it, but that might make my partner feel as though I, I'm not holding up my end of the bargain. So the bottom line is that there is no universally accepted definition of monogamy. So you have to talk about what monogamy means with whomever you're dating or in a relationship with. So, so the fact that monogamy doesn't have a universal definition would of course lead us to the fact that consensual and non-monogamy and open relationships and monogamish, those definitions may also vary from person to person, relationship to relationship. Uh, having said that, consensual non-monogamy tends to refer to relationships in which there is some agreement that you will not be monogamous. And once again, my, I'm going to say CNM, consensual non-monogamy, my CNM might be different than your CNM, might be different than your neighbor's CNM. Um, Open relationships, similarly, you might have an open relationship in which you have a don't ask, don't tell policy. You might have an open relationship in which anything goes. You might have an open relationship in which you are always monogamous with the exception of when you go on one holiday a year together, or you might have an open relationship in which you are always monogamous by your own definition, and you only have sexual relationships with other people when you're out of town. Uh, so, so it's very individual. It can be circum- circumstance-based. And so the bottom line is you don't have a conversation about opening your, your relationship up. You have ongoing relation, uh, ongoing conversations, and they never stop. <laughs> That's an amazing point, and it is very different for everybody. And I, I, I like the way you said that there is no universally accepted definition. Uh, I think that a lot of people think in black and white. Uh, so monogamy being you're you're with one person for the rest of your life. There's no chance you're ever going to be with anybody else. Um, and some other people see it as more, uh, you know, uh, like if you're if you have an open relationship, it's anything goes. There's so many levels in between, and you're right that the constant negotiation, that communication has to happen. Can you give us an example um, of what? A, a, a monogamous relationship might look like from uh, the perspective of a couple who, uh, let's say, uh, has just uh, started to venture into opening up their relationship? Sure. So monogamous is a term that I use. I have a, a TED speech, a TED talk called monogamous. And my version of monogamous might be different than somebody else's version of monogamous. But I use the term to refer to everything in the space between absolute monogamy and wide open relationships. So it's, it's a bit of a catch-all phrase. And I, also, it has no universal definition. <laughs> but so for example, a monogamous couple might decide that they never want to touch any anybody else. They never want to have physical or sexual content, or I shouldn't say never, at this point they don't want to, with other partners. But they may want to fantasize together about other partners, or they may want to talk about other partners, or they may want to flirt with other people 
in a way that is, and I know this, this goes into a territory that upsets a lot of people, but when I suggest that monogamous couples can flirt with other people, I mean in a respectful manner, not in a manner where you're, you're suggesting something that isn't there. Um, you obviously want to respect the third party. And, and again, in other cultures, flirtation is, is part of the charm of the way you communicate. In North American culture, we tend to, I think we tend to downplay our sexual energy. I think that we tend to be judgmental of people who are flirtatious. So it might be flirtation. It might be, for example, it, you know, if you take it to the next level, you, you go to a sex club together, but you agree not to do anything. You just go for the energy or the vibe in the room uh, or at the, at the resort if you decide to go down to like a, a clothing optional erotic resort. So I, I work with Desire Resorts in Mexico. And I would say many of the couples there are monogamish and there are many shades of this monogamish. So some might be open to having sex in public. Others are, are just there to pick up on the good vibes, the erotic energy and enjoy other people who are open-minded just in conversation. Like, it, you know, it's not like you're sitting at breakfast and talking about sex. You're sitting at breakfast and talking about what you normally talk about, but with people who are open-minded about sex. So those are a few things that you might do within the monogamous framework. So it looks like there's there are a lot of different opportunities for couples to explore uh, beyond the realm of monogamy within that uh, that mul- <laughs> more than fifty shades of gray at this point, but uh, many 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 shades of gray uh, based on whatever they feel comfortable with. So, but again, it does come down to that communication. I've, I've spoken to a lot of couples who tell me that they've been having issues in their relationship and they think that maybe a good way to kind of solve the problem is to open up their relationship. Um, would you th- agree or disagree in this case uh, or, you know, recommend uh, that they consider a monogamous relationship if things within their, their current monogamy uh, or their, their current monogamous relationship isn't working for them? I think the obvious answer would be no, but I, I think that it, you have to consider the situation. So if your relationship is going well, you have open, honest communication, you know how to listen as much as you know how to talk. And the, the issue, the specific issue that isn't going well in your relationship has to do with a shared boredom and you have a mutual desire to spice things up, then I would consider the monogamous territory as a, as a viable option. If, however, you're having problems in your relationship around communication, around trust, around commitment, I do not think that any sort of opening it up is going to offer you the solution or the panacea which you seek. Ultimately, as you push your comfort zone and as you challenge the boundaries of monogamy or whatever expectations you were raised with or that are culturally ingrained, as you push those boundaries, you tend to exacerbate or enhance whatever already exists in the relationship. So if you're dealing with issues of jealousy, it's probably going to exacerbate them. If you're dealing with issues of passion, it's probably going to intensify them. So overall, I don't think opening up your relationship is a solution to a failing relationship. But if, if everything is, else is going fairly well um, and you have the skills with which to negotiate and 
demonstrate and, you know, exude mutual respect, then I think that, you know, it's always something to consider. In fact, I think everybody should consider whether or not they want to be monogamous because the real challenge to me is that monogamy is a default setting. I I don't think there's anything wrong with monogamy. I think it can be a beautiful arrangement in which to live in a relationship. But I think the reason monogamy fails so abysmally, (laughs) and we have the data to support that, uh, is that we accept it as a default setting. We don't consider whether it's something we want. We do it because we think we have to. And I think that is the problem. I believe that monogamy works and is most fulfilling when you opt in having considered all of your options. I think a lot of us, um, especially from the, the time that we're teenagers um, and, and even younger, think that this is just like a normal thing, that monogamy is that default setting. It's good to know, and, and you're right, opting in and having that choice and making that conscious choice that that is something that you want to do gives you so much more uh, flexibility and um, make, makes it make sense for each person on an individual basis. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in a second. I just want to take a second to um, to remind everybody that if you are enjoying this show, that you should definitely check out the new SDC.com website. You are going to find so much information about relationships, sex, and health from Dr. Jess, who we're talking to right now, uh, and lots of other sexuality and relationship experts like Sunny Megatron, Dr. Nancy, Charlie and Ariane Williams, Carol and David, who are all very excited to guide, inform, and entertain you. You're going to find everything you need to discover your own erotic tribe, connect with them in our forums, communities, and social networks, and create opportunities to explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. Join over 3 million of our members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today at SDC.com. And don't forget, to use promo code 7070 for two months of free access to SDC. That's 7070 to get two free months at sdc.com. Don't go away. I'm Lexi Silver. You're listening to Seek, Discover, Create, and we'll be right back. Craving more from your sexy lifestyle? Search our businesses, services, blogs, articles, and videos, and keep in touch with us by subscribing to our newsletter all on thesexylifestyle.com. This November, 4,000 people will be on the sold-out Independence of the Seas Bliss Cruise, offered by Lifestyle Cruising and Bliss. Why do these charters sell out so fast? Five separate playrooms, dozens of meet-and-greets aimed at various cultural and sexual orientations, themed dance parties every night, and all upper decks are clothing optional. Find out about the Bliss Experience on the two upcoming Bliss Charters in 2019. This April is the five-night Celebrity Infinity Cruise, and next November 2019 will be seven nights on the beautiful Navigator of the Seas. Couples love the electric atmosphere on our cruises, and we know that sparks will fly in your cabin. Remember, our cruises sell out fast, so be sure to call Wayne at 908-391-1977. That's 908-391-1977, or visit lifestylecruising.com. Are you looking to get more from your relationship? Why is it that some people just seem to have a better sex life, better marriage, and a closer, more meaningful relationship? 
Find out the best-kept secrets and more on The Sexy Lifestyle with Carol and David. Carol and David will share insight about the swinging lifestyle and how it has strengthened their love and marriage, not to mention their great sex. Tune in every Tuesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on The Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Welcome back to SDC Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I'm here with my guest, Dr. Jess, a Toronto-based sexologist, best-selling author, award-winning public speaker, and television personality. Right before the break, we were talking about, uh, well, Dr. Jess was talking about how monogamy is often considered a default setting, and uh, it's a very good idea to be able to want to opt in to monogamy rather than thinking of it as a de- uh, that universal kind of default setting. And there is no universal definition for what monogamy actually is or what monogamish actually is. And Jess defines monogamish by that uh, all of the uh, areas between absolute monogamy and absolute o- wide open relationships. So we're going to talk about a lot of those different shades of what monogamish looks like and what it can look like for you too, if that's something that you and your partner communicate about and want to opt into. So if you are curious about exploring a monogamish relationship with your partner, what is the first step to communicating that with them? Because it can be very, very sensitive uh, if you've never had that conversation before to talk to your partner about the fact that you might want to actually, you know, have sex with other people. You know, I think that if you're starting to communicate by communicating your desire for other people, you have to take a few steps back. I don't think that's where you begin communication. So I think what's most important is that you're laying the foundation for open, honest communication about all elements of the relationship. So that might be your expectations with regard to housework, your expectations with regard to money, um, how you like them to touch you in bed. I think part of the problem that many people face is they wait until they have to have a very intense or intimidating conversation to really hone their communication skills. So I think we need to take it back 99 steps to how do you communicate within the relationship overall? So do you listen when your partner is speaking? Do you make requests as opposed to complaints? Do you offer positive communication or or do you only talk about serious things when something's wrong? So if you can do those things first, so be positive in your communication, make requests and offers instead of complaints and really listen without judgment to what your partner is saying, then I think we can move on (laughs) to the (laughs) monogamish communication. But if you're not communicating well about who takes out the garbage, if you're not communicating well about how you save for, you know, save financially for the future, you've got to go back to those topics first because they are not as intense. And if those low risk conversations are causing a rift or tension, then let's go back to the basics before we get to this sort of stuff. Um, Having said that, 
it's not like you're going to wait till five years into the relationship to talk about monogamy. So I would love to see people talking about what their expectation of monogamy is from the get-go and developing that skill on your own because people will say like, oh, we don't communicate well within our relationship, but ultimately you are responsible for the way in which you communicate. Um, Your partner can develop their own skills, but I want you to just worry about yourself. So, if, if you're going to talk about what monogamy means, that's a good place to begin for introducing the possibility of being in a monogamous relationship. Uh, probably one of the simplest strategies for introducing any concept related to sex and relationships or any sort of topic that can be sensitive is to turn to popular culture. So I often suggest that when you're watching Netflix or when you're you know, reading a magazine, you use those characters and their, those stories as an impetus uh, to, to have a conversation. So let's say I see a scene and I say, you know what, that looks kind of hot. How do you feel about that? What do you think about that? Is that something you would consider? And be willing to listen openly without judgment to my partner's reaction. Or let's see a, say I see a scene that makes me uncomfortable. I can talk about, well, what about that scene makes me uncomfortable or insecure or jealous or unsure or fearful? Because talking about fictional characters and fictional situations that aren't about ourselves can help us to better understand ourselves and offer a glimpse into our own desires and boundaries and limitations and vulnerable emotions. So I think pop culture is a wonderful place to start. I also recommend it to parents when they're talking about sensitive topics to their kids to to just simply, you know, be sitting there and instead of being uncomfortable like a lot of our parents were or shutting it off because that's what many of our parents did, ask them like, what do you think about that? How do you you feel about that? Do you have any questions about that? So I think pop culture, although it is not in and of itself uh, a complete or always accurate form of education, I think it offers opportunities for what, you know, I come from a teaching background for what we call teachable moments. Oh, I like the way you put that, teachable moments. Definitely. And that's actually a very interesting thing um, to, to consider is to look at pop culture um, to as, as kind of a reference to better understand ourselves and our boundaries. Uh, that's a, a very good framework, too, to kind of take the pressure off uh, when you are talking to your partner about things that you do see and to kind of, you know, measure their level of interest or uh, their their feelings uh, as, a starting, as, a, as a starting off point for having having those kinds of discussions. But what you said was a very, I I really like the way you said that before that uh, you have to have those very basic conversations and not wait until uh, it's time to have that very intense discussion about monogamy uh, or uh, about uh, wanting to have sex with other people, even basic conversations like taking who's going to take out the garbage, the division of labor around the house, uh, little things like that. So if you are, already comfortable with the basics, you feel like you have a good groundwork uh, built up with your partner, how do you then um, go from having that discussion, um, even talking about the possibility of having an emotional involvement with other individuals? Because part of monogamy, monogamy or or monogamish, uh, there's also the the concept of, uh, it's not just a sexual thing, there's also the emotional involvement component that some people are scared about. How would you go about having that discussion? Is that very different from having a discussion about opening up a relationship sexually? 
I think it's an essential part of it. Now, I will meet couples who will say, no, 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 it's just about the sex. But then I'll also say things like, oh, but we make such good friends. (laughs) And so the reality is that you cannot separate emotion from anything you do. We eat emotionally. We work emotionally. We're seeing research that suggests that emotional intelligence and emotional connection are positive forces in the workplace. I think we used to think like, oh, you can be emotional or you can be logical. But ultimately, those two experiences or mindsets don't exist in separate vacuums. So you do have to talk about the potential of, you know, unpleasant or pleasant emotional reactions. So even if you see sex as a carnal act, which many of us do, this, the bottom line is you're going to feel something, whether you feel something about yourself or feel something in response to the scenario or feel something about the person with whom you're connecting, there will be an emotional response. So I think what's most important is that you talk about what you hope to feel what perhaps you're fearful of feeling and how you're going to navigate the emotional discussion during, before, during, and after an experience. So this is a big conversation, right? It's not a one and done. Will you feel jealous? No, I will not feel jealous. (laughs) Will, Will you feel insecure? No, I will not feel insecure. It's far more complex than that. And, you know, what's interesting about the human experience is that our emotional reaction to any scenario changes over time like so let's just say for example you go to a sex club and you agree that you're not going to do anything you're going to stay for 45 minutes and have one drink and just dance on the dance floor only with each other you you could do that a few times and have a really great time and go home and have hot sex and it could be this amazing monogamous fuel for the fire and then the fourth time you go you might have a different reaction Right. There could be there could be somebody that sets you off. It could be your mood from earlier, something that happened at work. It's making you feel more vulnerable. And so you have to talk about your feelings. And uh, I'm always a little concerned about people who say that they can completely separate their feelings from sex because, you know, you can't separate your feelings from anything like you order a coffee. And whether that person is rude to you or polite to you, whether they spell your name right on your cup or, you know, whether they get your order right, produces an emotional reaction. And that's just a coffee. So there will be an emotional reaction. So you got to think about, like, what do you want to feel? What are you fearful of feeling? And again, always thinking about before, during, after and how you're going to manage that together, because that's ultimately what you're trying to do is deepen the connection um, within the couple and create a more fulfilling relationship with yourself, with one another, and perhaps with other people. It really seems to me, and I'm sure to a lot of other people who are listening right now, that not only is communication the most essential component, which I I think I talk about in every single episode of my podcast, how communication is the most important part of any relationship, uh, but in especially in a monogamous relationship or in any in a relationship that um, where where people are trying to negotiate uh, boundaries and, and talk about deepening their connection, uh, it, it really seems to me like it's such an ongoing process and it's so crucial to have those conversations and there's so much involved. I think a lot of couples uh, could benefit from having those kinds of deeper uh, communication uh, strategies uh, to, to be able to do that. 
Definitely. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And um, I, I do run into couples who will say that they've had this conversation and everything is set. But yeah, if, if you think that a conversation happens once, <laughs> um, you know, you're going to be in for a rude awakening. Oh my God. Well, don't go away, everybody. We're going to talk a lot more about that when we get back. Um, I'm Lexi Silver. You're listening to Seek, Discover, Create from SDC.com. I'm just going to take a real quick break. And I want to inspire all of you uh, for who need a little getaway this spring, because I think I do also. And If you want to join over 300 SDC members for an erotic escapade on the island of Crete in May 2019, you definitely need to check out the SDC travel section. You're going to indulge in five nights of passion at an all-inclusive Grecian playground with daily parties that are clothing optional pools, a 24-hour inside and outside playroom, and exclusive SDC theme night parties. You're going to meet sexy, like-minded people in the lifestyle and get pampered by the hotel's five-star service with world-class spa, multiple bars, rooftop restaurant, and nightclub to satisfy all of your desires. Join us from May 8th to the 13th for this divine Greek adventure. Book your rooms now at sdc.com. Sexy is back, and we've got it going on all the time here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. What is your level of sexual expertise? Want to find something new? Listen for Sisters of Sexuality every week on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. There's no judgment here, and every topic is safe and sex positive, so we'll explore them together. It's time to push your sexual boundaries and try some new experiences with your hosts, Taylor Sparks, Jet Setting Jasmine, and Parrish Blair. With Marla Renee Stewart and Tiffany Janae, you won't want to miss a single show every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. 5 p.m. Pacific on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Maximize your orgasms and just let go. The Throes of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket guarantees to keep your sheets dry no matter how wet it gets. From massage oils to lubes and beyond, we've got your bed covered. So just throw it down and get it on and get lost in your very own Throes of Passion. Then toss it aside and bask in the afterglow of great sex in warm, dry sheets. The all-new Naked Fleece provides a soft and sexy playscape, while the Stay Dry Barrier protects your bed, your couch, and even your carpet. It's machine washable, large enough to cover a king-size bed, and light enough to travel discreetly. To get your own Throes of Passion waterproof pleasure blanket, visit thesexylifestyle.com and order yours today. That's thesexylifestyle.com. Great sex starts now. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. Welcome back to SDC Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I'm here with Dr. Jess, Toronto-based sexologist, best-selling author, award-winning public speaker, and television personality. 
before the break, we were talking about communication. Uh, We always talk about communication here on the show and how it's an ongoing process whenever you're in a relationship to have those, uh, to be able to communicate with your partner, but especially uh, when you are navigating the waters of a monogamous relationship to be able to have uh, those communication skills, uh, to talk to your partner about all of the different things that you're experiencing, all the different things you're feeling at every different level and every step, every outing that you're doing together uh, as you are getting started uh, as a monogamish couple in your relationship. So if you've decided, if you and your partner are deciding to explore a little bit outside your relationship and you are starting to navigate the waters, whether it's in a swingers club or meeting other couples or whatever it is that floats your boat, what are a few tips to uh, get get things starting um, pretty smoothly when you're first getting started? Because there are so many different roadblocks, and yes, it does start with communication. But maybe there are a couple of tips that will uh, that will help you navigate and and, and make it a, the transition a little bit more um, a little bit less rough. Let's say. First and foremost, you need to go slowly. It is very exciting. There are all these fun, exciting things to do and, you know, things to look at, maybe things to touch, explore, but just slowly roll. (laughs) Take a step back and let's break it down into pieces. So let's say, for example, that you have decided that your ultimate monogamish fantasy is that you want to go to a sex club and you want to have sex in a big kind of orgy room, just with each other. Uh, I'm keeping it kind of in the monogamous space as opposed to a more consensual non-monogamy space. So you want to have sex with all these people around you. Um, You're going to clearly communicate to the people around you that you don't want to be touched and you don't want to touch them, but you love the experience. Um, And maybe there's an element of exhibitionism in there and voyeurism and you want to just, you know, suck up those sounds. Okay. So let's say that's your ultimate fantasy. You've both agreed upon it. And uh, one thing I haven't mentioned that I, I should mention right now before we go on is that if one partner is pressuring the other to do something like this, it's not, it's not going to work. Um, you need to take a step back and find some common ground. Uh, you can introduce things, you can explain why they appeal to you, but if you're pressuring your partner, it's probably not going to be as, lovely as an experience Mm -hmm. okay so so back to our ultimate fantasy that's our fantasy we're going to have sex in public with a big group even though we are only physically in contact with one another so people will say like oh yeah let's go do that we've talked about it we're great communicators we're both totally cool with it I say slow down. I say break it into pieces. I'm just going to choose a number. Let's break it into six pieces, eight pieces, ten pieces. The first time, you're just going to go do a recon mission at that club. You're going to go. You're going to set a time limit. You're going to set a drink limit. And you're just going to get your bearings. And then you're going to come home and talk about it. That might be step one. Um, Step two might be repeating. Step one, rinse and repeat if you're not feeling like doing anything else. Step you know, as we move on, maybe step three or four, you go back to the club and perhaps you move from the dance floor into a voyeur room where you can watch. Uh, You know, there are clubs, for example, where they have the one-way mirrors, or is it two-way or one-way mirrors? Um, (laughs) Basically, you can watch and they can't see out, but you can see in. So maybe you agree to do that. And again, I am really big on specifics. Mm -hmm. If we're going to do that, let's agree how long we're going to stay there, 
what we're going to do after, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so that might be step two or three or four. And then if that goes well and you talk about it and you're feeling good, maybe you move on to the next step, which might entail going back to the club, watching through that mirror, and then you go into a private room just the two of you and you see how that goes and then you leave and then maybe you decide to go into a private room the next time where other people can watch you but you can't see them and you get my point you're working your way up step by step and so it's like learning a dance choreography right like I can watch a really wicked Beyonce choreography but I can't learn the entire set at once I have to learn one move at a time practice that one move and then I do the second move and then I do move one and two and then I do the third move and I do one two and three and you work your way up so that you feel so comfortable and let's also remember that this is not a perfectly upward trajectory Mm -hmm. you might have the first four experiences be very positive and then the fifth there might be something that feels upsetting for you and that's okay. It doesn't mean that you're doomed and that you can't eventually do more, but you may need to go back to step one and, and work your way up and, and redo your path. Like you're constantly negotiating the, the ability to be adaptable in relationships is so important. So that's my first piece of advice is to slow down, break it into pieces. Um, Secondly, I would also consider Talking to other people, right? So if you do have friends who consider themselves monogamish, get their perspective and remember that they're not experts, that you are the only expert in your relationship and their experience can offer you insight, but they may not be qualified to give you specific guidance. Just because you've been doing something a long time does not make you an expert at it. And that, you know, working in this field, I often, you know, come across this people like, well, how can you be an expert in sex? And it's not that I'm an expert in sex. It's that I study the data every single day. And so what this gives me is a perspective beyond my own. Mm -hmm. Uh, I have a really great relationship. I've been with my husband for like ever. We were in college when we met. Um, It's amazing. Like the the communication is great. I, I still love the sex after all these years. Having said that, if that's my idea of expertise, that's pretty damn limited, right? I don't teach people. I don't offer insight based on my experience. That might inform it to some degree. But remember that as you talk to other people in the lifestyle, what works for them may not work for you. So really bear that in mind. Because I do see sometimes, for instance, in like the swinger lifestyle and consensual non-monogamy, people will tell you, no, 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 this works. Okay, I'd like everybody to add two words to every single sentence. This works for us or for me. Oh, this would never work for me because Mm -hmm. everybody's different. You're right. There are so many other couples too in the lifestyle and who uh, might say, well, you know, uh, this is, this is kind of the way to go about it, but you're right. They, they have insight. They can, they can provide insight, but not necessarily have that expertise. They don't know necessarily what's going to work for you. And that's a really good way to put it too. You are the only expert in your own relationship. I love the way you said that. Don't rush. Um, And 
always continue to renegotiate uh, as you go along. And this, it, it sounds like really quite a process. Uh, <laughs> it's not, uh, it, like, like you said before, it's really not a, a one conversation thing. It's not, uh, it, it, it's, it's it, being monogamish is really a continuous process of communication and deepening uh, that connection and finding out what works for you. And that choreography uh, is an ongoing thing. I it it's I I really like the way you put that because it, it is really it, it could be playful it could be fun uh, it could be challenging at times uh, but at the end of the day I, I think the entire purpose too uh, for in monogamous relationships is to enjoy yourself with your partner and if you're not having a good time then definitely it is a good opportunity for you to reflect on what it is that's working and what isn't and to discuss that with your partner so. If, like, it, a lot of people ask me this question, too, um, is it natural to feel jealous in a monogamous relationship? Well, that's so interesting because the research actually shows that jealousy is lower in consensually non-monogamous relationships in some cases than in monogamous relationships. And many of the relationship outcomes, so when we look at satisfaction, passion, jealousy, and security, what we see is that the outcome for each of these measures or indicators of a relationship are similar for people, whether you're monogamous or consensually non-monogamous. And so what I would say to that is that jealousy is natural in life. It is an emotion and you can't eradicate an emotion. Now, some people might be more jealous than others, but the world is not divided. Excuse me one second. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need to give you a cough. I'll give you that sentence again. Okay. okay. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the world is not divided into jealous people and non-jealous people, <laughs> confident people and insecure people. We all have moments of confidence and moments of jealousy. And some, some people I think work really hard to have more of the former and less of the latter, but you're not going to eradicate jealousy. So if you feel jealousy, and I love talking about jealousy, I think jealousy is an, a really important emotion for learning what you value, what you fear. Jealousy can be normative. And so I, I'm never concerned about people being jealous. I'm concerned about how you respond to being jealous. I mean, okay, if you're jealous all the time, I'd be concerned. But if I, you know, if, if I see something an interaction with my partner, whether I'm monogamous or consensually non-monogamous or monogamish in between, uh, I can feel jealous. But how do I respond to that? Do I withdraw? Do I get angry at him? Do I make accusations? Do I bash people? Or do I go and say, in whatever way it makes me most comfortable, hey, like I, this made me a little uncomfortable. Tell me I have nothing to worry about. Or can you give me some reassurance? So it's my job to reassure myself first and foremost with reasonable, rational and positive when relevant self-talk. But I can also turn to my partner and say, hey, can you give me the reassurance and love I need right now? Because this made me a little uncomfortable. And if my partner turns to me and says, oh, you're being jealous, that is a major red flag. Do not accuse me of my emotions. But if my partner turns to me and offers love and support, that's how intimacy deepens, right? I always talk about the formula for intimacy being an expression of vulnerability met by an expression of love and support. And that's how intimacy becomes deepened. 
That's I that's a fantastic way to put it. And I think that a lot of people see jealousy uh, as uh, also a, a negative thing, but you're, you're right. You can't, it, it's, it's just, it, it's an, it's an emotion and you, some, you, we have moments of it sometimes. Um, and it, it is all about how do you respond uh, to that jealousy? So it looks like there are a lot of different opportunities to, com- to, to communicate and to create a, a, a deeper intimacy in your relationship um, and to, to discuss that with your partner as you go along. We're going to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment. Um, don't go away, everybody. You are listening to Seek, Discover, Create from SDC, and I'm Lexi Silver. I'm just going to remind you that if you are enjoying this talk with Dr. Jess and my show in general, and you are curious to learn more about relationships, sex, and health, or you just want to find new ways to spice up your sex life, which is what we're talking about right now, you should definitely check out the new stc.com website. We always add a bunch of fresh content. We're trying to guide you as you go along your erotic journey, whether you're just getting started to explore or you've already chosen your path to self-discovery. You're going to get unlimited access to videos, podcasts, and articles from sex and relationship experts like Dr. Jess, Sunny Megatron, Dr. Nancy, Charlie and Ariane Williams, and Carol and David, who are all excited to guide, inform, and entertain you. You'll find everything you need to discover your own erotic tribe, connect with them in our forums, communities, and social networks, and create opportunities to explore more at SDC events, parties, and travel destinations. Join over 3 million of our members worldwide to seek, discover, and create with us today at sdc.com. Don't forget to use your promo code 7070 for two months of free access to SDC. That's 7070 to get two free months at SDC.com. Discover, explore, and celebrate your sexy right here on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. This November, 4,000 people will be on the sold-out Independence of the Seas Bliss Cruise, offered by Lifestyle Cruising and Bliss. Why do these charters sell out so fast? Five separate playrooms, dozens of meet-and-greets aimed at various cultural and sexual orientations, themed dance parties every night, and all upper decks are clothing optional. Find out about the Bliss experience on the two upcoming Bliss charters in 2019. This April is the five-night Celebrity Infinity Cruise, and next November 2019 will be seven nights on the beautiful Navigator of the Seas. Couples love the electric atmosphere on our cruises, and we know that sparks will fly in your cabin. Remember, our cruises sell out fast, so be sure to call Wayne at 908-391-1977. That's 908-391-1977, or visit lifestylecruising.com. Do you find yourself lying in bed, dreaming about how to spice up your love life, and wondering how you are going to make it happen? It's time to have an intimate conversation about life, love, and lust on Pillow Talk with Cheryl. If you've been suppressing your emotions, wanting and waiting to talk about the way you really feel about romance, host Cheryl Besner is ready to help you challenge and change the way you approach your love life. Pillow Talk with Cheryl can be heard every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. You are tuned in to Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver. If you have a question or comment about the show, we'd love to hear from you via email to Lexi at SDC.com. That's L-E-X-I at SDC.com. Now back to this week's discussion. 
Welcome back to STC Seek, Discover, Create. I'm Lexi Silver, and I'm here with my guest, Dr. Jess, Toronto-based sexologist, best-selling author, award-winning public speaker, and television personality. Before the break, we were talking about a bunch of things, including jealousy, um, how it's really important to go slow as you're exploring a monogamous relationship, and not to pressure each other. So always go step-by-step, and it's okay If you want to take a step back, that's totally okay. And talking to other people who are in monogamous relationships to get a little bit of insight, not necessarily guidance, but some insight into what has worked for them to get a little bit more of an idea and to ask questions um, as you're trying to explore. So if you've decided um, that, you know, monogamish is something that, you know, w- works for you or doesn't, it, it doesn't always work for everyone. We were just talking about jealousy before. You're saying that some people, you know, who do experience jealousy uh, often, um, that is a red flag. Or if you tell your, you, if your partner accuses you of being jealous, that is a giant red flag. What are some other maybe warning signs that uh, your, your monogamish relationship isn't working for you or your partner? Uh, the number one sign to me is that one person wants an arrangement more than the other and is somehow even gently or passively or passively aggressively manipulating or pressuring their partner into it. Um, So if you don't feel comfortable telling your partner what you want or speaking up about negative feelings, that's always a concern to me. And when you ask me these questions and when we discuss being monogamish or monogamous or consensually non-monogamous, I, I, what, we, what I'm reminded of is that the problems are universal across the board. Like that's a warning sign in any relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, so if, if you don't feel comfortable speaking up and saying, you know what, that made me uncomfortable or that made me feel disrespected or when you said that, it made me feel like I wasn't a priority. That's always a concern to me because those are foundational communication and relational skills that are required in any type of relationship. So that's, that's one concern to me. Um, another might be that, for example, you, and this is common, you have to drink or use drugs to an extreme um, in order to engage in specific behaviors. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I don't want to, I'm not being judgmental here. I I like a drink. Um, (laughs) But do you need to self-medicate or self-lubricate in order to go through with these things? And I think I get it. Like, you know, you might want to have like a drink to relax or something like to relax a little bit. Are you getting to the point that you almost don't remember or that, you know, you don't, you don't feel comfortable with something, but then you get drunk or get high or in order to do it. That's always a concern for me. And I see that more often than I think people want to admit. I think for those who are not in the dominant majority of monogamous folks. So for example, for people in the swing lifestyle, because you're forced to the fringes and because you're, I think judged for your, relationship or what we might call the lifestyle, you have a tendency to want to present the good to people, right? And in doing so, I think we can overemphasize um, how good this lifestyle can be and and to the detriment of ignoring some of the challenges, some of the common pitfalls into which many people fall. And I think we have to be really wary of not presenting 
any specific arrangement as the end all be all because as you know as we said before what works for one what doesn't work for another um so those those are a couple of red flags to me uh, i i also think it's important that you're allowed to change your mind uh and i see this a lot some people will be okay with something on tuesday march 17th uh I'll pick that let me say Tuesday, March 16th, not, not drunk on St. Patrick's Day. Um, and then really uncomfortable with it on June 5th. And that's okay. And you should be able to express that to your partner. You're allowed to change your mind because every day, every week, every month, you're dealing with different emotional, practical, personal, sexual, and physical experiences and pressures. And so... You know, for, for women, for example, when it comes to sex or for people who are menstruating, what works on day two of your cycle may not work on day 14 of your cycle. And, and that's not specific to women. That's just one example. Mm-hmm. So, you, so you should be able to change your mind. Um, you shouldn't feel badly about not fulfilling your partner's every need at every moment mm-hmm. because guess what? Like if you're in the middle of a hot session and it's going really well and you're about to do something really exciting and all of a sudden you, you start to feel really anxious or really worked up or very distressed, you should be comfortable speaking up and saying like, you know what? I know this is fun, but unfortunately we have to pull back because guess what? It's not the last time in your life you'll ever get to do something like that. Right. So you want to prioritize the relationship over just the sex. That's a really important point. And you're right. It is so, it, it is important to be comfortable enough with your partner and to not feel pressured uh, in the sense that you should be able to, to be able to communicate to your partner that, yeah, you know what, I'm not feeling comfortable at this moment. And that's okay. I, it, being able to talk to your partner throughout the process, no matter what it is that you're doing, if at any point in time, uh, either of you feel like something is not working, that you feel uncomfortable, that is a part of taking a step back. It, and, and that's okay because if you continue past that point where you are um, uncomfortable, a lot of negative things could, could happen, just not going to get any better. And why would you want to continue doing something that isn't enjoyable? for both of you. If you want to prioritize the relationship, that is definitely something. Uh, listening to each other, being able to be comfortable with each other, being in a safe space where you're not judging each other, uh, those are all part of it. And that is, like you said, a very. those are all very foundational elements of a relationship. Um, and those are just very important to remember no matter what kind of relationship you're in. Um, but especially important if you are navigating uh, different things for the first time together. Would you say that for uh, the, you know, for, for most of the couples that you see, and you've seen so many couples over the years, of the relationships that they enter into that are considered monogamish, do they really work? Can they really work over the short and long term? Yes, I think any type of relationship can work, but I think that monogamish offers a balance that might be accessible to more people than consensual non-monogamy. And I I guess we could call it like absolute monogamy where you just (laughs) only have eyes for one person, which is unrealistic. Um, I think that the way I see monogamish is an openness to consider various perspectives 
objectives. It doesn't mean that you have to do everything. So you can be, I kept bringing up the, the example of a sex club. You don't have to go to a sex club. It might be as simple as you talking about different things with your partner. I think that could be considered monogamish. Um, so absolutely, they, I, I think it can work if you have an open mind and you approach your partner without judgment and you're both willing to put in a similar amount of effort to make the relationship work. And I think those are just very important elements for like, like we've been saying this whole time, like for, for any relationship. Um, and it, I, I like the way you, the way you frame um, monogamish as, 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 you know, in, in the sense of it gives you that openness. And I, I think that having that kind of openness in your relationship and that openness to uh, explore and discover together things that you both find mutually interesting or could potentially find mutually pleasurable, it will deepen that intimacy between you. And I think that uh, it, it's just, it, it, I find it very intriguing uh, for people who have maybe thought about opening up their relationship that you you don't need to think about it in absolutes. It's very stepwise. There are so many different levels that you can explore. It's not necessary to bind yourself to any one way of thinking. As long as you are open to communicate with each other and you are comfortable enough with your partner uh, and in a, and you feel safe and non, not judged by your partner to be able to continuously have these discussions with them about what makes you feel good, what works, what isn't, and, and, and accepting each other and in whichever moment uh, that it is that you're, you're feeling good or, or not and, and being comfortable to dial it back. Right. I, that, that's important. The dialing back is so important. It's not an upward climb where it's like, we did this, now we have to do this next. Uh, you may not even want to, right? You might do something that you thought was your ultimate fantasy and find that, hey, that actually was much hotter when we just talked about it. So uh, I think some people have a fear of, of, you know, sex being a bit of a gateway drug. Like if we, if we do this, we must do that. And if I do this, this will get boring and I'll need something hotter. And that's it's not the way it necessarily works, right? It's not like, well, I had one piece of chocolate cake today, so I have to have two pieces tomorrow. And then the next day I must have three. And then I'm going to need a, you know, a quadruple level of, of Decker cake. It's not the way things work. And I, we're just so fearful of sex that we tend to pro- approach it with a little bit of irrational fear. That's a good way to put it. And you've given us so much great advice over this entire uh, episode. And I know that you have so many more great things that uh, you can share with with different couples about uh, exploring their relationships in different ways and communicating uh, together. How, um, because we're getting to the end of our show, how can people reach out to you after this? Well, you can check out my event calendar at sexwithdrjess.com. I have a podcast, the Sex with Dr. Jess podcast, available wherever you listen to podcasts or on my website and we talk about relationships um, everything from cannabis and sex to intimate conversations to what my husband and I struggle with in terms of our own insecurities so you can check out the podcast I also have a number of courses available online I have two pleasure-based courses if you want to learn some new techniques so I always find that the best lovers are the ones who admit they have something to learn and then I have a, a course on mindful sex so for people who have trouble staying in the moment and who are dealing with distraction um, or maybe have difficulty like reaching orgasm even though they love it 
or dealing with performance pressure, this mindful sex course can help you to, you know, incorporate mindfulness into your daily practice, but also in and out of the bedroom. And those sound very interesting. I'm going to go and yeah. explore some of those. <laughs> <after>. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much for talking to me, Dr. Jess. I really appreciate it. I know our audience did. It was such a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you. Have a great one. Thank you so much. And for all of you, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget to come back every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific time, 8 p.m. Eastern time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network for my next show. Don't forget, you can also learn more about sex, health, and relationships as you seek yourself, discover together, and create moments at sdc.com. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on SDC Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. Hey, sexy people. If you're ready to start your sexual evolution, we've got some amazing prizes to give away. Some of the great prizes include Womanizer, the most advanced pleasure product for stronger, longer, and more intense orgasms. SDC.com is giving away a lifetime membership to the sexiest online community of open-minded people. Touch from experience, warm. It warms your personal lube, then automatically dispenses it with a wave of your hand. And we can't forget Throws of Passion Waterproof Pleasure Blanket. Keep your bed dry no matter how wet it gets. For your chance to win one of these amazing prizes, simply send us an email at info at with the word contest in the subject line. Your name will be entered into the weekly drawing and remember to visit our website regularly for a list of the winners and more information about all the amazing prizes and sponsors. Go to the sexylifestyle.com contest page and enter as often as you like. appreciate you joining us on Seek, Discover, Create, presented by SDC.com. Please join your host, Lexi Silver, on another erotic journey next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Sexy Lifestyle Network. Until then, may you enjoy exploring your sexuality.